We don't have to wait. Segment 4. World View. Seeing the signs is a science. Introduction. Are Geula and Mashiach the same? We often use the terms Geula and Mashiach almost interchangeably. In conversation, we might mention the times of Mashiach, but in our minds we are referring to the era of Geula and are not necessarily focused at all on the individual known as Melech HaMashiach. We exchange these terms easily because there is often little or no consequence to our context, and our message remains clear. However, when it comes to properly understanding or studying the Geula, it becomes necessary to clarify and focus on the uniqueness of each of these terms. Because Mashiach is certainly not a side note to the Geula, it is not simply the individual whom Hashem will choose to help the Geula unfold. Rather, Mashiach is a hugely significant part of the Geula story, and for that reason, Rambam makes a point of recording extensively in his Laws of Melech HaMashiach the relevant details regarding Mashiach's personality, character, and accomplishments. In many ways, the role of Mashiach and the event of the Geula can be compared to the role of Moshe Rabbeinu and the event of Yitzias Mitzrayim. Moshe was the messenger appointed by Hashem to fulfill the role of redeeming the nation and teaching them the Torah. He served as a connecting intermediary between the Creator and His nation, as He described Himself. He guided the people with total humility and steadfast faith and served as their defense attorney before Hashem. Moshe's role was so vital that the Torah itself is referred to as Torah's Moshe, the very first posuk we teach a Yiddish child, which can be considered the forced formal lesson, is Torah Tzivalonu Moshe, the Torah that Moshe commanded us. Moshe taught the Torah of Hashem. Nor does this end with Moshe, because we are taught that in each generation there is a Nasi, a Moshe, whose role is to lead the generation like Moshe. Clearly, the concept of a Moshe is not a side note to Yiddishkeit, but rather it plays a central role. The same is true of Mashiach and the Geula. Hashem gives Mashiach the task of redeeming us from Golos and then leading and teaching us new revelations of Torah. Torah Seishel Mashiach. This is a fundamental part of the Geula promise. In the first three lessons of this project, we focused mostly on the era, mindset, and lifestyle of Geula. This lesson will concentrate on Mashiach as an individual, as well as his impact on the world. We will come to recognize that it is not not only that the times we live in are extraordinary, but that there is an individual who is actively setting things in motion. Mashiach is running the show. Melech HaMashiach is orchestrating world events. When does Mashiach start his job? Long before Mashiach reaches the designation of Mashiach Vadai, the definite Mashiach, and even before he becomes known as having Cheskas Mashiach, the assumption of being Mashiach, at which point we may with assurance consider him Mashiach, he is already having a measurable impact on the world. As the Rebbe shows us in the Sicha of Mishpatim, this impact begins before the revelation of Mashiach within this world. To demonstrate this, the Rebbe examines what was then a current world event that occurred some 30 years ago. The Rebbe uses this single event to provide us with a template for seeing the world through Mashiach's eyes. The event described in the Sicha involved the United Nations, UN, 
Therefore, to better appreciate the Rebbe's message, it is important to understand the original purpose for which the UN was founded and how the Rebbe viewed its role. From the UN website's history page, as World War II was about to end in 1945, nations were in ruins and the world wanted peace. Representatives of 50 countries gathered at the United Nations Conference, an international organization in San Francisco, California, from the 25th of April to the 20th. 26th of June in 1945. For the next two months, they proceeded to draft and then sign the UN Charter, which created a new international organization, the United Nations, which, it was hoped, would prevent another world war like the one they had just lived through. Four months after the San Francisco Conference ended, the United Nations officially began on the 24th of October 1945 when it came into existence after its charter had been ratified by China, France, the Soviet Union, the United Kingdom, the United States, and by a majority of other signatories. The General Assembly selected New York City as the site of the UN headquarters, and after a few years of building, the UN headquarters opened in Manhattan in 1952. Why did they choose New York? The Rebbe tells us in footnote 24 of the Sikha that we will study together the true reason for setting it up in New York City is because it is the headquarters of my father-in-law, Admor Nesidereinu. Why was it created in the 1940s? In footnote 26, the Rebbe tells us, paraphrased, it happened shortly after Nesidereinu came to the USA. The process began with a declaration by the United Nations on January 1st of 1942 and was completed at the UN conference in 1945. It was subsequently decided to build the headquarters in the city of Nesiderenu, as a result of which a unique building was constructed for this purpose in the early 50s. The Rebbe then continues, This emphasizes the fact that the unity and peace among the nations is an outcome of Nesiderenu's activities to purify the world through spreading Torah, Yiddishkeit, righteousness, and justice all over the world. Therefore, the more Nesiderenu refines the world, the greater is the establishment and success of the UN in meeting its goal to bring unity and peace in the world. Eventually, this will culminate in the ultimate and completion of the world's refinement with the fulfillment of the prophecy they will beat their swords into plowshares. This verse is presented on the wall of the UN building. It is no secret that for us who care deeply about Eretz Yisrael that the UN is far from a perfect organization. When the Rebbe delivered the Sikha 30 years ago, the UN was not any better in their treatment of Israel. Nevertheless, the Rebbe saw the UN's potential beyond its anti-Israel bias. It had accomplished much around the world in bringing peace and has changed the conversation amongst nations. More importantly, the aspiration of the UN is itself unique and praiseworthy, although they rarely live up to their own vision. The aspiration for world peace is something that all humanity can and should adopt. We can now move on to the event that the Rebbe focuses on in the Sikha that we are about to study. On Friday, January 31, 1992, the heads of state of the five permanent members of the United Nations Security Council and of most of the temporary members met in New York City to discuss the new world order in the post-Cold War world. This included plans for disarmament, global peace, and mutual aid. On the next day on Shabbos, the Rebbe discussed the implications of this event. On that 
that same Shabbos, U.S. President George H.W. Bush met with Russian President Boris Yeltsin at Camp David, and they formally declared the end of the Cold War. In footnote 55, the Rebbe explains the significance of the decision and declaration taking place inside a building whose wall is engraved with the words, they will beat their swords into plowshares. A quote from a Pasuk in Tanakh, Yeshayahu 2.4. This demonstrates that the Torah dictates and directs world events. As you can see, just from these few footnotes we discussed, this Sicha is extraordinary. The Sicha is packed with transformative insights, but in this introduction we choose to focus on one of them that teaches us that the Nasi of the generation, whom the Rebbe tells us in the Sicha Ois Gimel is the Mashiach of the generation, is actively instigating world events as we move into the times of Geula. Mashiach is actively moving the pieces of the global chessboard all for a bigger plan. While this idea is novel, the truth is that like all of the Sichas of Tavshinun Beis, they are based on 42 years of the Rebbe setting new foundations and a Deir Hashvi mindset. However, in Nun Beis, they are brought to the ultimate level of clarity and presented openly like never before. In order to truly appreciate the ideas shared in the Sicha, we need to take two steps back. Before we can grasp the idea of Mashiach running world events, let us explore the basic concepts that a everything is from Hashem. If Hashem is directing even a small leaf, how much more so are events that impact millions or billions worldwide directed by Hashem? B. Everything that Hashem does is for the benefit of Yisrael. C. As we get closer to the Geula, we are seeing unprecedented events set into motion by Mashiach to usher in the times of Mashiach. End of the introduction. Section 1. All controlled by Hashem. As mentioned in the introduction, we will explore three major ideas in this lesson. A. Everything is from Hashem. If Hashem is directing even a small leaf, how much more so are events that impact millions or billions worldwide directed by Hashem? B. Everything that Hashem does is for the benefit of Yisrael. C. As we get closer to the Geula, we are seeing unprecedented events set into motion by Mashiach to usher in the times of Mashiach. Let us start by establishing what may be obvious for anyone who has had a taste of Hasidus. Everything is from Hashem. He runs every area of our lives. To do so, let us first explore together one fascinating sicha that Rebbe shared in early 5741. Background of the sicha. We take for granted that the Rebbe includes the source for each quote or idea, but this is a chidush of the Rebbe, and the Rebbe went all the way on this. A brief look at a sicha in Lakute Sichis, at a Maimir in Sefer HaMa'amorim, or at a Michtav Kloli, reveals an incredible number of footnotes packed with sources. The Rebbe also encouraged all authors to thoroughly source and cross-reference their materials. Some people took issue with the idea of quoting sources for everything. They laughed mockingly at a sicha in which the Rebbe referenced the sources for the Pasuk in Torah Bereshis Bara. Why would anyone think of including a reference for Bereshis Bara? Everyone knows it's the first Pasuk of Bereshis. These same people also raised the problem with the Rebbe's focus on the first Rashi in the Torah that discusses Eretz Yisrael belonging to Am Yisrael. On Shabbos Bereshis 5741, the Rebbe addressed the above scoffers. Text 1, Sichas Kodesh 5741, 1, Bereshis pages 272 through 274. As the Rebbe explained, 
Alderich zekemen aroes nemen ahiroe, fardivas hobben zich fardchepet mit Rashi und mit Maremekemis. Ubi mejuchad mit de Maremokim bereishis alef alef, von dem inyun gufe von bereishis alef alef. Zei meinen as als was zei tuen is das keuchi veitzem jodi asali es achayel aze, und nüt as bereishis borrelekemis ashamayim vesorets, und as er fiert on mit der ganzer Welt und alle ihre Einzelheiten adhayem aze. Sockt men zei as der posuk bereishis borrelekemis ashamayim vesorets, steht in bereishis Alef Alef. Die erste Sache versteht in dem ersten Chumisch von ganz Teure. Bereishis Alef Alef ist, als Bereishis Borreli Kimis Hashemayim Vesoretz, als der Eibishter hat verschaffen die ganze Welt mit alle Inyonim, was gefinden sich in ihr. Und sie ist nicht der Pschat, als er hat ihr Amol verschaffen. Und jetzt führt er mit ihr nicht an Chas Vesholem, nor euch jetzt er in Schnaas Hei Tovshin Mem und Hei Tovshin Mem Alef, führt er an mit ihr und mit alle Inyonim, was gefinden sich in ihr mit alle Menschen kölel euch ihm mit seine bonne chayo mezene wie das versteht euch aben chamish lemikra the munkacher rebbe writes that one of the things that the opponents of chassidus used to focus on in order to scoff at the chassidim was the fact that chassidim find in everything and even in the simplest thing a deep mystical idea a hint to something profound a halacha or a practical lesson in their personal service of Hashem so yes there is indeed a lesson to be learned from the inclusion of the source for Bereshis 1.1. In fact, the lesson is especially relevant for these scoffers. These individuals tend to believe that my might and the strength of my arm brought me my success, and not that in the beginning Hashem created the heavens and the earth, meaning that it is Hashem who constantly and continuously runs this world and everything within it. We inform these people that the Pasuk Bereshis Baralikim as Hashemayim Vesa'aretz is found in Bereshis Aleph Aleph, Perek 1, Pasuk 1, the very first thing we are told in the very first Chumash, Chumash Bereshis, of the entire Torah, Bereshis 1, 1, is that Bereshis Bara Elikim Hashem created the whole world and everything within it. Don't make the mistake of thinking that Hashem only created the world once a long time ago, and that since then, He has left it to run by its own, Chas V'Sholem. However, rather even now, in 1980, Hashem is running this world with everything in it. He directs all people, including this individual, who scoffed at the sources and at Rashi in regards to children, health, and sustenance as each five-year-old child understands. End of text one. Note, the original Sikha is full of many more incredible insights on this topic. Section two. All for Yidden. The above idea that Hashem runs everything is a fundamental Hasidus worldview. In the following Sikha, the Rebbe takes it to the next level, that everything that Hashem does in this world which is constantly is for the sake of the Yid. Text 2, Lekutei Sichas, volume 36, Va'era, page 35. Yodua, Shekol Habriya, Eina Metzios Bifnei Atzma Chas V'Sholem. Ela Nivra'a Me'es Hashem, Bekavona, Shehi Bishvil Yisroel, Bishvil Ha'Torah. Ukeshem, Shehu Be'etzim Habriya, Shekula Hi Bishvil Yisroel. Ubishvil Ha'Torah, Kein Hu Bechol Ha'Me'erois Sheba'elom. She'einom Dover Bifnei Atzmom. Ela Kulom, Bechlal Ubefrat, Heim Bishvil Yisroel Ve'Torah. Umize Muvon, Shekol Ha'Me'erois
וכשם שהוא בדברים הנעשים באילם בכלל, כן הוא גם בדברים שנספר שהוא תיימו וסיבוסם, שהם בשביל כוונה מסוימת, בפנימיס השלימס והאמיתיס בזה היא, כשהיא בשביל ישראל. וכנעל, דכיוון שאינו אלא מציאס בפני עצמי, הרי גם הגילוי הליכוס שעל יודי נשלם, כאשר הגילוי נמשך ובו לישראל. As is well known, all existence is not heaven forbid, an independent entity, but it was created by Hashem, and it was created for a purpose, for the sake of the Jewish people and for the sake of the Torah. Just as this axiom holds true regarding the very existence of the creation, i.e. that it is entirely for the sake of the Jewish people and for the sake of the Torah, so does it apply to every event that occurs in the world. No event takes place independently. Instead, all events, collectively and individually, occur for the sake of the Jewish people and for the sake of the Torah. It follows that not only does everything that happens in the world take place because it is specifically directed by divine providence, but also that the true purpose of all these events is to benefit the Jewish people and the Torah. Just as the above axiom holds true regarding the occurrences in the world as a whole, so is it true for specific events, including events for which the Torah explicitly gives the reason for their occurrence. Even when the Torah states that they occurred for a given reason, nevertheless, from an inner perspective, their ultimate and true purpose is for the sake of the Jewish people, since, as explained above, the world is not an independent entity. The revelation of godliness associated with every event that occurs is completed when that revelation is drawn down to the Jewish people and recognized by them. End of text 2. In a footnote, the Rebbe points out that it's not just that the world was created for the Yid, but that the world itself is also an independent reality. Rather, the very existence of the world is solely for the Yid. The world is nothing without the Yid. Text 3, Ebid, footnote 39, Lahoyer Melukotei Sichas Chelek Vav, Omud 93, Vesham, Omud 236, Ha'ara 13, Sheha Bishvil Yisroel, Shebehabriya, Eina Rak, Shehabriya hi inyin la'atzmai, Verak, Shematoras Habriya hi Bishvil Yisroel, Elo, Shezoihi Metzias Ha'elom Gufa, Ayin Shom. See Lukotei Sichas, volume 6, page 93, and also, also, page 236, footnote 13, which explains that the intent of the statement that the creation was brought into being for the sake of Yisrael is not that the creation is a separate entity whose purpose is for the sake of Yisrael. Instead, that purpose defines the existence of the world itself. Consult those sources. End of text 3. In another footnote, the Rebbe quotes some fascinating sources in Chazal to this idea of the world being there for us. Text 4, Ibid, page 37, footnote 46. Re'ei brachis, davav, seif amud beiz, kol ha'oilam kulei le'nivra ela le'tzaves lazeh. Ure'ei ba'arucha, rambam, ba'haktamasi le'pidush ha'mishnayis, dibur ha'maschil achakein ra'a le'histapek, v'sham, she'yachaliyis, she'echad yivne armein klil ha'yoifi, v'lintaya kerem choshuv, ve'efshir she'yiyah ha'armein ahu mezumon le'ish chosid, she'yavei ba'achris ha'yomim, ve'yechas ha'yoyim echad be'tzaves, צייל קיר מן הקירי זוהים חולו, אוי יקחו מן הכרם חולו. וראי מאמרי אדמורא זוקין, תקס"ה, חלק א', עמוד ר"ב, כעניין שאומר רב על שם תבזר שאויה איזה מלחמה זין שונה מן שני גויים בשביל שיבררו הקולס מתרועס המלחמה חולו, ויעשה מהם איזה ניגן שיעביר הצדיק את השם בניגן ההוא חולו. 
See Talmud Brachis 6b. The entire world was created to accompany this individual. See at length Rambam's introduction to Pidush Hamishnayis. It is possible for an individual to create the most magnificent castle and plant the most exquisite vineyard, and that all this is waiting for a single righteous individual who might pass by the area many years later and benefit from the shade of one of the castle walls or find sustenance from its vineyard. All also see the Alter Rebbe's Ma'amorim from 5565, volume 1, page 202. As the Baal Shem Tev said regarding a war that took place between two nations over a seven-year period, that its true purpose was for the spiritual elevation of the sounds of the trumpets of war, meaning through a melody that would be composed from those notes which would be used by a tzaddik to serve Hashem. End of text 4. Here we see a Rambam about a palace built for one Ish Chosid who will gain benefit from it. Imagine that, an entire palace compound built for the sake of a single tzaddik who might get pleasure from the shade on a sunny day. The same is true with the entire world existing for the sake of the Yid. We also read above of the Baal Shem Tev's comment regarding a seven-year war that took place just so that a tzaddik could compose a nigin based on the march the soldiers sang on their way to battle. Their perspective is a game changer in how we practice bitachin. We poshit see the world through different eyes and hence we fear no one other than Hashem. This is indeed the message that the Rebbe delivers later in the Sikha. Text 5 Ibid. From the above, we can derive a lesson for our personal divine service in the present age. Jews must be aware of the fundamental principle that everything that happens in the world, even among the non-Jews, is for the sake of the Jews. As the Yalkut Shemoni states, the Holy One blessed be he tells the Jewish people my children have no fear whatever I have done I have done only for your sake therefore despite seemingly ominous events occurring in the world at large the Jews should not become fearful instead they should strengthen their trust in Hashem and strengthen their observance of the Torah and its mitzvahs in actual practice as a preparation for the future redemption that is speedily approaching end of text 5 in the Sikha of Bereshis 57-52 the Rebbe presents this idea in an incredibly powerful way regarding the way we should view Golos and our state within the pre-Geula world. Text 6, Sefer HaSichis 57-52, Bereshis pages 51-52. through Vibald as alts, die ganze Welt is bashafen gewaren bishvil Yisroel und dos kumt arois euch beilam haza hagashmi vahachumri in dem uvonu vacharto beguf hachumri von haiden. Ha nidme bechumri yusoy lugufa yumiso elom is verstandig as in yeder maimed umatzev, bekol zman uvechol mokim, afilu in amatzev chumri b'yeser, afilu in zman hagolus, shteyen iden bedargas reishis, hecher von alle zachem, veaderabe, bishvilom nivra hakoil, zayen dik der am hanivchar, in welchen der ebishter hot becher given, was in der bechireis nitshayich kein shinui, der fun is verstandig, as afilu ven iden gefinnen zich in golus, tachas shibud malchiois, mipnei chatoenu galinu meartzenu, 
is hagam as mezet demot nish begolui, vidine shome is bedargas reishis, is ober der guf hagashmi vahumri von iden bedargas reishis, zu lieb bechirose shalakadish borchu in dem guf, und der riber is moven as nit nor was iden seinen demot nit tachas ashlite von umusoilum chasvesholim, nit nor mitzad zeere nishomis, nor ich mitzad zeere gufim, nor aderabe, se seinen ich bis man agolus reishis kolabria, und bishvilom nivru alle umiso elomus archelke hoelom, bis as de gadlus von umiso elom is gartolian iden, ki de isse as beholder, uverholzman, umosche Israel tachtom begolus, misnasis alkolagoim. The entire world was created for the sake of the Jewish people, and this is expressed not only on a spiritual plane, but also in this physical and tangible world, in Hashem's choice of the Jewish people's physical bodies that appear in a form just as corporeal as the bodies of the world's non-Jewish population. Therefore, a Yid must realize that in each and every situation at any time and in any location, including the most corporeal circumstances and even during the times of exile, a Yid stands higher than everything else, not only standing higher, but with a higher purpose for which it all exists. For the Yid is part of the people chosen by Hashem Himself, and that choice does not tolerate any changes and is therefore eternal. From this we can appreciate that although during exile we are subject to local governments, having been exiled due to our sins, and we cannot see openly the superiority of the Jewish soul, nevertheless, the corporeal body of the Yid remains the first of the entire creation due to Hashem's choice in it. As a result, the Gentile authorities have no ultimate power over the Yid, not over their souls, and not even over their bodies. Despite the exile, the Yidin are the first, the purpose of the creation, and the reason for which the Gentile nations and the world at large were brought into being. In fact, even the prestige of nations depends on the Yidin. For Chazal taught that in each generation and in each era, the nation to which the Jewish people is subjugated becomes the world's superpower. End of text 6. We are always higher than the world. Let us not get locked into narratives in which we see ourselves as second-class citizens of society. We are not even first-class citizens. Rather, the Yid runs the world. These ideas are similar to the concepts that we explored in the last course. Transcend, where we encountered the idea of living within Golos yet remaining above it. In the Sikha of Mikhaits 5750, the Rebbe gives a fascinating example of a global societal trend that is ultimately for the sake of the Yid and points out the role that the Nasi plays in all of it. Text 7, Sefer Asichis 5750, Mikates, pages 207 through 208. <laughs> Ha 
hafotzes hamayonis chutza nasis mimokim ba'elam shebeiloi hoyo matntera shebazem mudgish yeser shaelam atzmei mitzadinyoni hu nasa be'efin sheroi lafotzes hamayonis chutza zeis ve'ed me'achidushim b'medina zu shebo hischilo hafotzes hamayonis chutza aydeinu sidereinu legabi amatzev shoyo me'ever layam kolol uvimiyuchad b'medina shebo hoyo gilu hafotzes hamayonis bederis shalifneze shebechazde Hashem nasa etzel b'nei Yisrael maimudu matzav shalarchova begashmiyas ad she'inyin ze nasa kamei teva she'einam mistapkim belechem tzaru mayim lachatz kamei bederis shalifnei ze elo skukim laharchova ba'atzrochim agashmiyim mozein levush ubayis uposhut she'akavone ve'atachlis she'beglolo neisen akadish baruchu v'yitein eid yeser harchova begashmiyas hi k'dei she'al yidei ze yitosef eid yeser b'chol inyoni teiro mitzvesel ki umah mitzves behidur ve'limod ha'teiro ובייחדים <laughs> כהילל גם אידי זה שמנצלים את הרחובה בניונים גשמים כדי להסיף עד יסר בהפוצה סמיונס חוצה מתי הרחובה הדס וישלימר שגם עניין זה הוא מהחידושים של נסידרנו שהאילום עצמי נעשה רוי להפוצה סמיונס חוצה שלוכן ההרחובה והעשירוס בניונים גשמים שבאילום ניתנס לבני ישראל הפרט והכלל ומנוצלס להסיף עד יסר בהפוצה סמיונס חוצה ביחד עם ההיסופה בכלולס ענייני ועבידו בקיומתנו ומצווס. The preparation of the world for the era of Mashiach through the service of spreading the wellsprings outward shares a particular connection with the arrival of the Rebbeiyats in America. America is referred to as the lower half of the world. The Torah was given in the upper half of the world. Nevertheless, through the efforts of the Rebbeiyats after his arrival in America, the wellsprings of Torah were spread in such a manner that the entire world, including regions in which the Torah was not given, became fit to receive the wellsprings of Torah. There is a first Further achievement in the spreading of the wellsprings of Hasidus in this country. In America, in contrast to the situation of the Yidin in Eastern Europe, the Yidin are able to live in affluence. Indeed, this situation has become accepted as natural to the extent that in all aspects, food, clothing, and accommodations, we have become accustomed not to be content with the minimum, but rather to expect 
comfort. Needless to say, Hashem granted us much affluence for the sake of facilitating our divine service of Torah and mitzvahs, to allow us to observe the mitzvahs behidur, and so that we can study Torah with a broad-minded perspective, which enables us to fulfill the directive, know the God of your fathers, and serve Him with a full heart. In previous generations, the Hasidim studied Hasidus and disseminated its wellsprings while living in a state of poverty. We therefore find statements such as the Alter Rebbe's, it is not hidden from me, the difficult times due to which your livelihood has become constrained. Nevertheless, he charged his Hasidim not to scale back their donations to tzedakah. In the Middle Rebbe's time, the situation of the Hasidim was even more hard-pressed to the extent that some of his Hasidic teachings were not printed in their entirety in a single cover, for were they to have been published in this manner, the Hasidim would not have been able to afford to purchase them. Despite these difficulties, Hasidus was revealed in a manner of an ever-widening river. In more recent times, by contrast, starting with the arrival of the Rebbe Rayats in America, the study of Hasidus and the spreading of its wellsprings has been carried out amid affluence. As we draw closer to the coming of Mashiach, the wellsprings have spread out to further frontiers than ever before. It is the affluence of our environment that has enabled us to spread the wellsprings further and to do so with a broad-minded perspective. This is also one of the new dimensions of divine service expressed by the Rebbe Rayatz, which revealed that the world itself is now prepared for the spreading of the wellsprings of Hasidus outward. Therefore, material wealth and affluence have been granted to the Yidden so that they can use it to spread the wellsprings of Hasidus outward. End of text 7. Here is one additional nugget among the many precious insights contained within the Rebbe's Torah on how to view current world events. In a Fabrengen on Achrin Shal Pesach 57.39, the Rebbe discussed the Iranian revolution that was happening at that time. The Rebbe said that every revolution in this world has a lesson and relevance to us. Seeing that everything is for the Yid, that every event must serve as a lesson. Sometimes we have to look hard to find the message, but at other times the message dances directly in front of our faces. Section 3, For Mashiach. In the above texts, we explored the idea that everything in this world happens for the sake of the Yid. This phenomenon is reinforced exponentially as we get closer to Mashiach, a concept that we studied in the second lesson of this series and that we will explore further in the Sikha at the heart of this course, Mishpatim 57.52. The following quote from Teildes 57.50 spells out the Rebbe's take on the world events that dominated the headlines in the late 80s and early 90s. Text 9, Sefer HaSikhis 57.50, Teildes, pages 159 through 160. <laughs> Mina 
כאילו אילם כמנהגי נוהג, למרייס שמסרחשת מהפכה קיצוניס בהנהגת המדינה כולה, אלא שהיא מהפכה פנימיס בדרכי פוליטיקה מדיניס. לחיל הרייש ומסחיל ממדינת רוסיה, המדינה שממנה בו כבית קדושה סמיילי וחומי אדמון נשיא דהרינו יחד עם תלמידו ושלוחיו, אשר לאחר תקופה של שבעים שנויס משטר טאקי ואם זוני, שהפיל חיטוסי על כל תשבי המדינה עד שאפילו עבור איזבטוס של ביקרס על המשטר, היו אינשים להישולח לארץ גזירו סיביר וכייצא בזה. נעשה לפסע בפרק זמן קוצר בייסר שינוי קיצוני על ידי העמדים בראש נוגס המדינו במשטר המדינו ומספשת גם בשאר מדינות דוגמוסון ועל דרך זה במדינה סין שבתקופו האחרונה מסרחשת מהפכה בהנוגס המדינו בפנים וגם בניגיע לקשר ויחס עם שאר מדינות העולם וכייצא בזה וכן במדינת הודו שבפרק זמן קוצר יחסיס הוחלפו ראשי השלטון ששולט במשך תקופה ארוכה ועל דרך זה מהפכס קיצניוס בעת כמה מדינות ברחבי העולם ועד לאיי היום אשר אין צורך לפרט ולהאריך, כיוון שהדברים ידועים ומפורסמים. ועמדו ברדס מהפכס במדינות כאלו שיש בהם ריבוי עוצמה של בני אדם, כלומר מהפכס בממשלות ומשטרים שמנהיגים ביליוני אנושים בכל רחבי העולם, ועד לרבע האנושים שבכל העולם. והנס שבדבר ולפלא הכי גודל שלשומים לב לכל זה, אין בעל הנס מכיר בניסי, שמהפכס קיצניוס שיש להם השפוע ישירו על רבע אילום, מסרח שיש בשקט ובמנוחה דבר שאין לו אח ורע בתולדס או אנושיוס כולו. מהפכס במשטר ושלטון של מדינות היו מלווים תמיד במלחמת עקובי דם, שהזנהלו במשך תקופה ארוכה, שיובשו את מהלך החיים, הביאו הרס וחורבן רחמונה לצלן, ואין צורך להרחיק לכס ולחפש בדברי ימי העולם בדרס שלפני זה, כיוון שראינו בדרנו זה את החורבן הנוירו במלחמת העולם השנייה לתוקם פעמיים צורו, ואילו בימינו אלה מסרחשים מהפכס קיצניוס גדי לסיום ברבע אילום, ובחסדי השם הרי זה ללא מלחומס, ללא שביחס דומים חס ושלום, אלא מתוך שקט ומנוחה. ויש לו הוסיף, שמהפכס באילום בימינו אלה רואים לא רק ביחס להנוגת בני אדם, אלא גם ביחס לשאר הנברואים שבאילום, חי, צמח ודמים, רעידס אדומה שאירו בתקופו האחרונה בפרק זמן קוצר, ונמשוכס גם עתה במקומס שיינים באילום גם במדינה זו, ובחסדי השם הקורבונס היו במספר קוטן, ובפרט ביחס למקרים דמים שאירו בתקופס שלפני זה. Some people are surprised at my recent statements, asserting that we are standing at the end of exile on the threshold of the redemption. They ask, where do we see this? After all, the world continues to run as normal year after year. In truth, however, what is surprising is that these people fail to contemplate current well-publicized events. In the recent past, extreme and radical transformations have been transpiring around the world. Thanks to Hashem's kindness, these upheavals are happening quietly, that is to say, without wars and bloodshed, but through the paths of diplomacy. These changes are so quiet and peaceful that daily life and regular routines, commerce and the like, continue unaffected, despite the extreme transformations taking place in the entire country. This started with Russia, the country from which my father-in-law, the Rebbe, emigrated, along with his students and emissaries. For 70 years, a powerful and fearsome regime cast its terror over all the inhabitants of the country, to the point that the slightest expression of criticism of the regime was punishable by exile to Siberia, 
Syria or similar places. Suddenly, in the shortest period of time, a polar change has taken place in the country's government, a change led by the country's political leaders, and this change spread to other countries of the Soviet bloc. In China, similarly, this last period has seen an inner transformation in the governance of the country and also in the nature of its relations to the other countries of the world. Also in India, in a relatively short span of time, a government that had held sway for a long time was rejected in favor of a new one. There were similar extreme changeovers in several other countries around the world. These are countries with enormous populations, governments, and regimes that rule billions of people all over the world, a majority of the world's population. It is an unfathomable wonder that people are not paying attention to all of this. Even the beneficiaries of the miracles do not recognize their own miracle. The miracle in all this is that these extreme transformations, which directly influence a majority of the world, are taking place quietly and tranquilly, something that has no parallel or precedent whatsoever in all of human history. Historically, regime changes have always been accompanied by bloody wars carried on over long periods of time, which dried up the course of life and brought ruin and destruction. There is no need to search too far into the history of previous generations, for we saw in our generation the awful ruins of the Second World War. May such trouble never occur. But now even greater transformations are occurring in most of the world, and thanks to God's kindness they are without wars or bloodshed, but are quiet and tranquil. End of text 9. What have we learned in the last few pages? After learning what we all know, but need constant reminders that Hashem is running every event in this world, including huge events, we learned that everything Hashem does is for us. Now, this was true throughout history, but in the last few years, on the threshold of Geula, we see the impact to a degree never witnessed before. Final thought. As we move into the Sicha of Mishpatim, it is important to highlight the big idea we discussed in the introduction. There is the actual process of the Geula, and then there is Mashiach as the individual who brings the Geula. One of the major ideas of Mishpatim 57-52 is the centrality the Rebbe places on the role of Mashiach in all of this. A second major idea is the way that the Rebbe is teaching us to interpret world events. Every person makes sense of the new cycle based on personal, political leanings and biases. A Chassid makes sense of the world through the eyes of the Rebbe, who teaches us that Mashiach is running the show and that Mashiach is actively moving the world forward. We would do well to put on those glasses. End of theme four.